He says that the Yidin are angulas, right? We're waiting for the for Mashiach to come. And the reason is because we didn't, we're not yet doing everything we're supposed to, obviously. So we're very hopeful, right? We just had Shabbos Nachmi. We're very hopeful that we're a lot closer to the to Mashiach's coming than, than we were. But it seems that we didn't get there yet. And and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hashem is keeping us here until we're going to do what we're supposed to. See, Taichas, why are you Tishman? As a Mashput Moira. In the end, you're anyway going to do it. Why are In the end, right? Aikav is Ikvas as a Mashiach. Tishman is a Mashput Moira. You're anyway going to listen to all the Mashputin that Hashem wants us to. Now it's going to happen one day. So Ishmartan, why wait? Right? Why wait for it to happen? Just do them already. When you when you just do it, we'll be able to accomplish everything and Hashem will be able to come. It's a very classic chiddush uh, and the idea is that sometimes you push off things until they have to happen, and instead of realizing that if they have to happen anyway, you might as well make them happen. And the difference is, some people will say, "Well, if one whatever will have to happen, let them happen. Why, what am I looking for to make it happen? You know, in advance." But the answer is that by the time something has to happen, by the time something has to happen, um, it's very often a little too late. And too late doesn't mean that it's too late to happen. It's too late that it should happen the way it should happen. No, by the time you wait, you're, you're in a crisis time. By the time it's, by the time it has to happen, nobody's enjoying it anymore. It's very unpleasant when you do something because it had to happen, right? You're doing it last minute. You're doing it under pressure. You're doing it by force. You're doing it uh, uh, not willingly. And sometimes, if you would only take care of it earlier, when it's on your terms, when you still want to, when it's still easier, when you're more flexible about it, it's just so much simpler. And I see this as an idea that so many people run into problems when it comes to shulim bias, and it, they were neglecting things that they could have noticed earlier. It was coming. It was coming. You see a situation coming. Uh, I'm not going to give examples now. Maybe soon we'll talk about one. But, but you see a situation coming. You know it's going to happen. And the last minute you know it's going to be stressful. And you're going to have to deal with it. And if you, only you would do it, or just looking ahead, and being a royal annoyed, right? You see it's going to happen anyway. And you might as well do it earlier. And the earlier you do it, the better off you are. So why not do it? So many times people put bakhlal, the whole idea of Shulam bias, on the back burner, um, you know, hoping that, okay, as long as we're cruising along, it's still okay, and then slowly different resentment or different challenges build up, and then you're left to deal with a problem. Why deal with problems if you could deal with things in advance? Well, I don't have to deal with it yet. I know, but that's the point. If you deal with things before you have to, it automatically makes things easier and more batamt going on later. So that's, that's an idea. Um, and, and, and I'll tell you, that, just preface what, what somebody's about to say over here also, Sometimes people don't, don't, they don't, they don't even think about Shulam bias. They don't want to hear about it. You know? As long as there's no problem to deal with, they look at Shulam bias like a problem situation. No, do I? I don't need help. Our marriage doesn't need help. It may not need help, but it can still use help. Help doesn't mean that it's problematic. Help means that you can have someone help it while it's good. If you call a gardener to tend to your garden while things are growing nicely, then chances are you'll, it'll be cheaper and more pleasant than when you wait for the weeds to grow and everything to die, and then you have to have a gardener do a whole rehaul. So that's just the idea. Shumbayas is not, is not a crisis um, topic. Shumbayas is, is, a, is a, just dealing with life. It's like everything else, like a medical condition. You don't want to wait for something to develop, because you go to a doctor. You go when you're okay, and you, and you take care of your health in a normal way, and you deal with the little bumps, instead of, unfortunately, sometimes dealing with bigger things. So that's something that I think, um, just some food for thought. So let me read a letter, or uh, email someone wrote to me. My wife and I, Baksham, have a solid relationship, and it keeps getting stronger thanks to your weekly lectures. Following your guidance help me, helps me be a better spouse, particularly because I'm more flexible now. This has resulted in her being more loving and flexible as well. Thank you for your excellent guidance and reminders of model behavior. Thank you. 
Perhaps you could provide me some advice on an issue that has been a thorn in our relationship for several years. I'm an, I am a natural early riser. Most days I wake up at 5 a.m. It's difficult for me to sleep past 6 a.m., even on Shabbos morning. As such, I will usually go to sleep around 9 p.m. My wife has a more typical sleep routine. She goes to bed around 11 p.m., wakes up at 7 a.m. We both sleep well at night and require about 8 hours to feel well-rested. My wife is upset that I go to sleep early because it interferes with special time together. Childcare and daily tasks usually end at around 8.15, which doesn't give us a lot of time at night because I'm preparing for bed by 8.45. But um, let me just mention that this came in in the winter, so if anyone's wondering, you know, I guess 8.45, 9 o'clock probably works a little better with the winter schedule, but anyway. By the way, she does a great job taking care of the house and children. I'm fortunate enough to have a flexible schedule during the day and try to plan time for us to spend special time together. However, her schedule is less flexible. However, I feel she could indeed rearrange some of her daytime activity that would allow us to have time together every day, and I resent that she doesn't make daytime togetherness a top priority, while continuing to complain that I'm not available past 9 p.m. when she is ready to have special time together. Please provide any advice toward rectifying this situation and overcoming this challenge in our marriage. Okay. So, as I, as I often try, I'm, I'm trying to address a question, which means, you know, if two... if if a couple would be writing a letter together, we want to work this out, then it's easier to address both. You know, maybe you should do this and that. You know, but I'm going to try to address the question now. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that I'm happy to have part in your ongoing growth and, and help your marriage, keep it up. And like I said before, relationships could, use, could use, certainly use ongoing nourishment and maintenance. And, and if people who have good relationships um, you know, listen to classes and get ideas about how to make things even better, that's wonderful. You have to be careful to make sure you're not listening to any classes to figure out what problems you already have. Like the people who read those medical columns and every day, every day they decide they have another problem. You know, but as long as you're, as long as you're interested in the topic of marriage and shalom bias, all in a way to help yourself become an even better spouse and make your marriage even better, I think it's wonderful and definitely helps avoid you know, problems from, from coming up that you don't notice. Uh, the other thing that, that he wrote just in the introduction over here, that, that listening to my classes have, have resulted in him being more flexible, which then resulted in her being more loving and flexible. I, I mean, that, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, I'm not saying it as a compliment as much as one of the top qualities of, of, of a person when it comes to marriage and relationship. And I, I tell this to people all the time, especially when it comes to uh, looking for a shidduch. You know, people look for all kinds of, all kinds of qualities, right? It should be a tamachokham, it should be a shemaim, it should be smart, it should be good looking. There's a lot, of, a lot of qualities, not a question. One of the top qualities you're looking for in terms of a relationship, somebody who's marriage material, as they call it, somebody who will be a happy and healthy spouse, is the, is the, is the quality of flexibility. And that's why some people ask me the magic question, what should I ask for when I'm looking for information? Okay, so here's a giveaway. Very often I tell people, ask how this person behaves in a challenging moment. What's their tolerance level? How flexible are they? The fact that when, when they're feeling good and everything's going good for them and then they're fine, that, that's, not, that's not telling about someone. How flexible are they? How inflexible are they? How stuck do they get when somebody's challenging them? So when somebody could become more flexible, and people could become more flexible, um, it's not so easy, but it's, it's definitely possible, that, that's a wonderful thing. And that's that's a, one of the main, main ingredients in a happy marriage. And I'll just repeat something some, someone, someone mentioned. He, he said that it's a popular vote. I didn't hear it yet, so if anyone heard it from another um, speaker re- recently, that, that's fine. Um, he said, Mishnichnas of Mamata Mesimcha, Mishnichnas Adar Marb Mesimcha. Of the, is the lution of pusik, of the lution of roots, when somebody wants something. of when somebody wants something, he wants something specific, he knows what he wants, those people aren't so happy, because then they want specifically that thing, and they're not flexible about it, and they can get what they want, and they become unhappy. 
other in Yiddish. Okay, it would be other, you know, other, other, or, or, you know, either this or that. If somebody has that, that tendency to say, you know, I want either this way or that way, and he's more flexible, Marbim B'Simcha definitely helps people be happier. So now that we're in Chodesh Ov, you know, we're just trying to remind ourselves that the way to be Marbim B'Simcha is definitely by, by not being so, so stuck on, on specifics. And that's what happens to people. They get stuck on something specific and then they get very unhappy and turned off, especially when you have to uh, tolerate someone else in a marriage, relationship. You know, it just makes it more difficult. Somebody once said a joke about uh, other. It's funny. Chodesh Ov to say jokes about Chodesh other, but somebody said that you know, some people used to, I don't know, who or where, but other Rishon they would refer to as Chodesh other, and other Shani as other other. Right? The other Shani they would call it other other, Chodesh other other. So, so somebody once asked his friend, when, when are you marrying off your child? He said, um, other, 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 other. Right? Which basically in Yiddish would mean either other or other, other. But the point is that other definitely reminds us of other, other, be flexible, and that will definitely help you uh, be more uh, a happier person and a happier spouse. Now, one more thing that I just want to mention before dealing with this situation of a couple who's having uh, you know, some kind of different ideas about, about when to go to sleep, when to spend time together. The idea of being well-rested the idea of a husband and wife getting eight hours of sleep, that's, that's wonderful. I know a lot of people don't or think they can't, but it's not a question that when somebody's well-rested, you know, it does a lot for them and for their marriage. That's not a question. I, I saw quite a few question answers about, um, from Vigda Miller where the answer a lot of times includes the idea of sleep more. You'll be more mensch, you'll be more tolerant, you'll be more flexible, you'll be more everything. So for those people who, who think that they, they manage on little sleep and it's okay, and then they realize they're running into problems without realizing the direct connection between not sleeping enough not being well rested and then having low tolerance or, or whatever it may be you know there's definitely a very close connection and I, I once heard it from a mashgiach in yeshiva who said that what one hour of sleep can do for a person many musas for him can accomplish okay sometimes if someone's doing musas he's looking to work on himself he's looking to be more tolerant and more flexible and, and a better person if only he would sleep just a little more it would be so much easier for him to do that so that's another idea also one of the tzaddikim said it's better to sleep 23 hours um, like a horse and be one hour up like a, like a man, then to sleep only one hour like a man, then be 23 hours, act like a horse. Anyway, so that's just a few ideas that I want to throw out there in terms of introduction. Now, there are situations that people ask me about, you know, I'm dealing with this stress in my marriage, something bothering me, what do I do? Sometimes the answer is do nothing. Just accept. Just accept. Just accept the situation the way it is, you know. I come home and supper's not ready, or, or and my wife doesn't cook what I want, or, or whatever it may be, something I don't like. Sometimes the answer is just accept it, let it be. Now, if I let it be, I won't be so happy. I know, but sometimes rocking the boat and, and, and making it into a conflict or whatever might make things worse. So sometimes just accept and, and, and you'll get used to it and it will be fine. Sometimes it's not good to accept. If a husband and a wife who are, not getting, who are not in agreement about when to spend time together and therefore not spending time together and then say, okay, just accept it, it's not good. It's not good to just accept it. It means you're not spending time together. It means as time goes on, you're spending less time together. It means you married more time but not spending more time together. That's not good. So something to, to remember, there are, there are situations that are not good to accept. Some people think that, the, okay, I'll make peace with it. They're making peace with something not healthy. If you make peace with something not healthy, it's not, it's not good. I, I mentioned this in the past about you know, some kind of therapy, emotional healing. Sometimes people will try to ease the emotions of an unhealthy or, or you know, an unpleasant situation without realizing that as long as the situation is like this, it's not good. So it's not just about accepting and feeling good about it. If the situation is not good, you have to do something about it. Anyway, so that's, that's definitely something. Uh, recently I heard someone saying something, I'm just remembering this, about somebody who was living with very many children in a one-bedroom apartment, and it was, it was causing a lot of problems and stress. And you know, the guy says, you know, how could you help me accept the situation, be calmer about the fact that I'm living in a very, um, you know, very, very um, small apartment? 
I try to help you accept it, but I'm afraid you're not supposed to accept that. You know, if you have children of all ages and genders and stages are sleeping on top of each other, it's not good. So anyway, it's a similar thing over here. You know, if you're not spending time with your spouse, don't accept it. Find a way to work it out. As opposed to a lot of situations that finding a way to work it out might not always be feasible or accessible or even good right now and just accept it. So I'm just trying to differentiate between different kind of um, challenges. Now the fact that a husband and wife have different um, preferences when it comes to going to sleep, different styles, uh, different ways, different, different way, you know, one goes to sleep early, one goes to sleep late, things like that. Uh, first of all, it's normal. It's normal, like, like a lot of other different things. Last week I spoke in the Yiddish class about, you know, we have different, different styles, different natures, different uh, personalities. It's all fine and all to be expected. They're both normal. They're both normal. And in most cases, they are both normal. You know, if somebody's sleeping by day and somebody's up by night, I mean, that, that, you know, um, I'm sleeping by night, I won't sleep by day, and the other way, that's not so normal. But, but a lot of times it's within balance and it's normal. And what happens is people get so stuck on who's doing right and who's doing wrong, and, and they're busy proving each other, you know. The one who's going to sleep early will say, what do you mean? That's how they used to do it. They used to go to sleep in the beginning of the night. And the other one will say, but look, nobody's doing it. Yeah, but the Torah says we should get up the seeking. And the other one will say, no. But nobody, again, when you start arguing over these things, they become personal, they become emotionally challenged and charged, and there's nothing to it. I like getting up early, you like getting up later. It's fine. I mean, it is fine, as long as it's within bounds. Now, I will mention that there are situations, and it happens often, and again, I don't know, maybe I'm just throwing it in again because I don't have that many opportunities to talk about this, but uh, there are situations where people get up very late and it causes a lot of resentment and something to think about. And as both men and women. You have women who are getting up early to a job and a husband who's either learning a coil, I don't know what he's doing, and he's getting up in the middle of the day and the, husband, and the wife is looking down at him and he wants to know why you're looking down at me, do your own thing. Oh, well, if you wake in the middle of the day, maybe someone's going to look down at you if they re- have to realize that. Same thing the other way around. You have a husband who's getting up early to go to work, and the kids are getting up early and getting themselves off to school, and the wife getting up in the afternoon. And he's very upset about it, and she wants to know why you're upset. And if you're doing crazy things, then people might be upset. So getting up late is not something that's going to earn you respect in most cases. But as long as one, one is getting up at five and one's getting up at seven, I mean, they're both normal, they both have their way of doing things, and it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to debate about it, you don't have to argue about it. It's both normal. Nobody has to prove each other right or wrong. That's very important. At the same time, Having time together is essential. For a husband and wife to spend time together is essential. It's fundamental. It's basic. It has to happen. As a matter of fact, uh, the Torah calls intimacy. Shayak says va'oyna. Right? Why? Because it's, it's time together. And it's important. It's crucial. It has to happen. So having time together, having a husband and wife time to spend together, and not just you know when things are technical and they have to communicate, but actually having time together is very important. And it should be scheduled. Right, part of the Va'inusaligra, make sure you have time together and the right time. So that it's, it's, it's very important. And when something's very important, chances are you make it work. When something is very important to you, and something you can give up on, and not something you can make peace with not having, um, usually, usually make it work. Because chances are when something has to happen, it happens. Unfortunately, sometimes people have to, have to you know, have some, some, some crisis situation to have time together or to be able to have a change of schedule it's not good but when something is very important uh, we, we tend to make time for it and I'll tell you more than that the fact that this is a thorn in your marriage the fact that you don't have enough time together and your wife is resentful about it and you're resentful it's a good sign it's a sign that you both want to have time together unfortunately there are couples that are looking to avoid each other okay? and that's coming from a lot of other thorns in a marriage so if marriage is good and the only thorn is this you should be grateful that you both understand that it's important and you should make sure that you both understand it's important enough to do something about it, starting with yourself. So that's just something to, you know, to, to understand that you know, it has to happen. It has to happen. Now, I want to mention before I go on another point, and that is that some people get into these, these kind of situations because they don't have a choice. You could have a guy who's working early hours, 
in a job, and he has to be up at 5 o'clock, and in order to do that, he has to go to sleep early, and it's not so negotiable. There's still ways to deal with it. You know, there's still, and some of the ideas we might discuss might be relevant for such people as well. But over there, it, it, it's, it's less flexible, as opposed to what this letter writer is saying. It's more a style and a preference and things like that, and that's why you have to realize that you know, if something's very important, then sometimes you put your styles and your preferences to the side. But even if somebody really can't be flexible about it, it's still something to think about. You know, it's good to have a job, and it's important to have a job, and you have to, you have to provide, and you have to be up early, and, and you have to have time to spouse together. So you make it work. When something has to happen, you make it work. And un- unfortunately, you know, sometimes, sometimes, uh, you, you know, uh, you know, sometimes crisis situations make people uh, be more flexible. And it's a shame to wait till then, like we said before. Well, your yeah, eye Anyway, if it anyway is going to happen, or if it's anyway going to have to happen, you might as well do it the way you're supposed to. Now, very much of such topics is not so much about the actual suggested solution, how you, how you solve this issue, as much as how you communicate about it. The first thing you want to do is make sure you're emphasizing to your spouse, both of you, or whoever's listening to this, that it's important to you, very important to you. Don't ever make it sound like because you have a preference of when you want to go to sleep and wake up and how it works for you, that's why this is less important. Yeah, it would be nice to spend time with you, but I need my sleep. That, that doesn't sound good, and it's wrong. The way to say it is, I want to spend time with you. It means so much to me to spend time with you. When we don't spend time, I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like our marriage needs it. I feel like I crave it. Right? After you say that with six different adjectives, and you say it a lot of times, and then you say, and I need a lot of sleep. And it's, it's not so easy for me. It's, it's, a different, it's a different story. Because now it's not anymore, we're not debating on the importance of it, and sometimes just talking about how important it is to you is already important. I've told this to people many times. If you can't spend time with your spouse, for whatever reason, I'm not talking about in the, in the long term. I'm talking about, let's say, uh, this week, you, wanna, you would have wanted to spend quality time together, and it's not happening. Talking about it, and saying, maybe we could come up with a time to spend together. Hmm, Tuesday night? No, it's not going to work. Monday? I don't know. Let's see. Let's keep, it on our, let's keep it on our mind. We'll come up with something. Talking about it, even if it doesn't happen, is very important. And especially when it can't happen, at least talk about it. Show that it's important to you. The more you talk about it, when it can't happen, at least... It will, it, will, it will give the good feeling that that, that conversation can give. Now, obviously, you don't want to you know, sound silly and you want to sound real, but just telling someone, I want to spend time with you, is already something. Even before it works out and even if it can't work out. Somebody mentioned to me recently a story um, in the book Off of the Boss by Rechom Hashem. She mentions that she, was, she, was, she, was, she met her husband, I think his name was Moshe, and the first time they were together, and he was, he, it was like 11.30 at night by the time they finished talking, um, and, and he started like dozing off on her. And she was offended, you know, first time you're meeting a girl and you're dozing off. And he realized that he was dozing, and, and, and he said, you know, I have to excuse myself, my father's a shaykhit. And he wakes up very early hours to go to the shkita. And automatically the whole, the whole household became early risers. And I'm usually in bed by 9 o'clock. And she looked at her watch and saw it's 11.30 and realized, oh, you know, he stayed up this late to meet her, but she shouldn't be offended by it. The point is, you have to make sure that your schedule doesn't offend anyone. So that's the first thing. You want to make sure that somebody understands that there's no offense, nothing personal, and that I want to spend time with you. And my sleep is not more important than the quality of time we have together. So that's, that's also very, very important. And like I said, the more important it is to you, and the more important you communicate about it, the, more, the, more, the better someone feels about it, and, and it becomes important to both of you, chances are you'll both be able to work something out. Now, some people would say, and, and I'm, you know, it could be that this is the answer, just be more, more, more flexible and compromise. You go to sleep at 9, she goes to sleep at 11, let's try, to, let's try to pull her back a little, be ready a little earlier, and you stay up a little later, and compromise, and that's fine. Again, if you're communicating it in a nice way, not imposing on someone, sometimes even a compromise is no good when you impose it, you know? Okay, you know what, I'll stay up till 10, but you better be early. That, that doesn't work, it's not, a way to, it's not a way to communicate. When you talk about how much it means to you, and at 11 o'clock your mom is bombed out, 
But, but if we can do it by 10, you'll stay up the extra hour. And somebody feels good being flexible. And, and, and it's a win-win situation. You're both feeling good about it. So that's, that's just one idea that might uh, definitely work. Um, but whatever you do, like I said, don't, don't get stuck on explaining why one way is better or why it's expected of your wife to, to be flexible or accommodate. These, these debates and conversations usually just bring about more um, um, resentment. On the contrary, you could justify what someone else is doing. You could tell her, I know it's normal for people to step till 11. I know you're busy with the housework. I know you do an amazing job, which is something you wrote to me, but I hope you're telling it to her as well. I know you do an amazing job with the children and, and the house and everything. And I know that I can't even ask you to be, open, to be ready earlier. And still, if you could, it would mean so much to me. The less you impose and the less you debate and the less you explain, you know, the better off you are. Now, if for whatever reason, you can't seem to get your wife to do anything about it, and she can't be ready earlier, I, I would definitely suggest that you start with yourself. In other words, you start to be uh, flexible, especially when it's important to you. And remember, we discussed that this should be important to you. It's worth being flexible about. It doesn't mean you have to go all the way and wait up till 11 o'clock. But it means that before she commits to being ready by 10, you could already offer and say, you know what, I'll be ready by 10 o'clock. I- I'll wait up till 10 o'clock. Even before she says she'll be ready. Just show that you're coming forward. And sometimes you have to come forward even till 11. Until she starts realizing how important it is to you and how important it should be to her. And, and it will make things easier. Now just to help you uh, just a little on the mindset... Um, I heard this from somebody uh, uh, a Rebbe was saying something about how people fall asleep Friday night in the middle of the meal right? Fall asleep, they fall asleep in the middle of the meal instead of either going to a tish or, or, or at least staying up for the Shabbos and singing nicely or benching or whatever it is and he said you know it comes from a mindset it's all about how you think of things people assume that Friday night is the end of the week so they put in the whole week and now at the end of the week they just collapse he said who decided Friday night is the end of the week maybe Matzah Shabbos is the end of the week Maybe the week's almost over, but it's not yet. Maybe there's still so much to accomplish this week. And then Matzah Shabbos, right after Abdullah, you fall asleep. Now I know it sounds cute. It might not be so practical, especially after a long meal and a long Friday and whatever else. But the idea is that sometimes when you think about it, you could see yourself as being very tired 9 p.m. because you got up at 5. And sometimes you'll see yourself as waking up at 5 because you went to sleep at 9. <laughs> I mean, if you just stay up an extra hour, you'd be a little tired. But maybe the next morning you'd be able to sleep a little later. Now I'm not suggesting that you do this every night and that you throw your whole schedule off course. But I'm, I'm a, and, and, and in general, the idea of together time doesn't have to be necessarily every night. The idea is that when necessary, you start being a little flexible and seeing things differently and realizing, you know what, maybe I'll push myself once a week to go to sleep late. I want to wake up a little later, maybe. Maybe I don't have to be up so early. I don't know. Like I said, some people have to be. But if you don't have to be, it, it's something to think about. And then again, there are those times where you have either an event by night that you have to attend, whether it's a chasana or whatever it may be. What do you do then? Maybe take a nap in the afternoon. Maybe take a coffee. There are ways to flex yourself. There are ways to be a little more flexible. So like I said, I'm not going to tell someone who's used to going to sleep early and waking up early to all of a sudden change their whole lifestyle, you know, every day of the week and, and forever. But maybe when you want to do it, you could do it. And maybe if you do it, and you're showing that you're ready to do it, and you actually do it for a short amount of time, maybe it will mean so much to your wife. And then when you ask her nicely, you say, you know what? If we could spend this time together a little earlier, it will mean so much to me. And maybe she'll do it. There'll be less debating, less thorns, less problems. So I think that's definitely something that uh, might work. You know, and being thankful for the time together, even if you were the one that initiated it, and you were the one that overexerted yourself to have time together, you thank her and make you feel good about it. I think these are all things that can make it easier for both of you, you know, to you'll be in a much better position once you came forward to ask someone to do, to do that back for you. And even though I don't think this should be done every night, and I don't think you have to do this every night, but sometimes you, there are people, that, there are great people, who all their life did things one way, and right when, and, and we should live together till 120 years, uh, but right when they're 
wife who was nifter, for example, all of a sudden they did something differently. And that's when people realize that, oh, maybe they always wanted to do it that way, and they didn't because that's what the wife wanted. That's a good one example, even though I have, I have many more. But they say it about Rashtaiman, and when he was nifter, he told his grandchildren to make sure they prepare water for the whole Paisach in advance. Some people have the chimra of not using sink water on Paisach because you don't know if somebody came in the middle of Yom Tov and Chumetzus of Amashi. And his grandchild asked him, like, Zayda, I thought we're not makbar on that. He said, sure we are. He said, but all the years you weren't. He said, oh, but that was because in the beginning of the marriage, his rabbits and once made a mistake and used some sink water and she felt terrible. And he said, no, it's not a problem, it's only a chumrah. We don't have to keep that chumrah. In order to not hurt her feelings, for years, because there's one episode, for years, he, would not, he was not makbar on something that really meant something to him. And from that year that she was nifter, for the rest of the years, he was makbar again. And there's more examples like that. Now, I'm not saying we have to achieve achieve that kind of greatness where we totally self-obliterate ourselves and do everything our spouse wants as long as you know, but there's something about because you're married and as long as you're married and with the Shmaya till 120 years doing something different than you would do if you were on your own in other words basically Rabbi Steinman was, would have done something on his own one way but because he was married he was doing it differently so that's just a concept that we all have to think about even those who can't relate to this whole question about schedule and we all wake up late and whatever it may be because you're married, and as long as you're married, you do things differently than you would have done if you were on your own. So a sleep schedule, which I'm not saying you should totally change, but just think about it. If I was on my own, I would always be going to sleep at 9, and always waking up at 5. Because I'm married, because it's important to have time together, because this is a relationship that I'm looking to build, maybe I'll do things differently for the time being. You know? and, and hopefully that time being should be, like I said, to 120 years. So with Hashem's help, understanding the importance of getting a, a night's sleep, understanding the importance of having time together, husband and wife, especially when there's a lot of kids around and other things. Understanding the importance of communicating it in a way that everyone feels good about it. Understanding the importance of flexibility and understanding the importance of coming forward even before someone else does, hopefully that can bring about a lot of good results in a lot of areas and I hope that a lot of people will be able to relate to that and be able to live together.